the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today's our first hour-long show, and we're so excited to have you with us. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my devoted wingman. Hello, everyone. Friends, you may have noticed the new exciting music, and that is because of our new hour-long format. And we're very excited about it. And we're going to begin by asking the question, what is Courageous Christianity? Because it's very easy to make it the title of a radio show, but what does it mean? In some ways, it may be redundant. I mean, shouldn't Christianity be courageous? Wasn't it always courageous? At the same time, perhaps Courageous Christianity is a very necessary differentiation within Christian conversations today because perhaps the present Christian church is not the church that Jesus desires it to be. And we're going to talk about all that today, and I hope you'll stay with us. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, may all we do glorify your name. May we have the courage to stand against the devil's schemes to conform us to this world. May we stand firm in our faith, submitted to your word, and with deepening understanding each day. In every situation, may we act as you would have us act, seeking you in prayer and reflecting your loving light on a world in darkness. Father, help us. Help us to shine brightly with courage and compassion. Help us to stand our posts with resolve to share our faith freely, and to be worthy guides as we walk each other home to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Christy, new format. Pretty exciting. New format. Very exciting. Yeah. uh, As a guy who likes to talk, I now have 30 more (laughs) minutes to do it. 
So Uh-oh. that's kind of exciting. Hey, I got to say, I'm, I think the listeners will be happy with that. It, it's going to expand the opportunity for us to have discussions and, and a lot more. I'm sure you're going to yeah. tell us about it. Um, <laughs> honestly, I've uh, been talking a lot with listeners in the last couple days and conversations with friends. And I really think this is a very necessary discussion Uh, Not only what is it that's required of us, but how do we discharge our responsibility? And so uh, now that we have an hour, we're going to have guests on the show. And as we develop each of these themes to answer your concerns and to ensure that as a church, as a unit, we're accomplishing our missions, uh, we can dig deeper into these topics. I think it's, it's, uh, wow, so timely. So, thank you. Uh, We don't have a guest today, but our topic is important, and it's going to set us up for the coming year. So, when listeners ask questions like, how do I speak about Christ? How do I speak about Christ in the workplace? How do I act in the workplace? These things resonate deeply because... Our faith must come in contact with the world uh, during our day as we go about life, and it must do so in a productive way. So I'm looking forward to being able to really get into this conversation more deeply and with other perspectives. Yeah, I am too. And, you know, not that our voices aren't great. <laughs> I'm kidding. They could probably well, get is. a little bit more boring. But yeah, I am too, to learn from different people and, you know, when I hear those questions that you referenced, it, it, I got to imagine that many of us have those questions ourselves and included. How do we walk out this courageous faith? Yeah, what's brilliant about those questions, uh, I don't know if you even thought about it, is when somebody says, how do I speak about my faith in the workplace? What they're saying is, I will do this if you teach me how. I will do this if you show me and explain it to me. And it's like the story I told a long time ago where I was driving in the car with a friend and I said, I'm afraid of the car breaking down. And they looked at me like, what's wrong with the car? Nothing is wrong with the car. What I'm trying to say is I'm afraid of the car breaking down because I don't know how to fix it. But if I knew how to fix it, I wouldn't be afraid. And I think the same is true of Christians. We want to. We just don't know how to. And if we knew how to, we would do it more and better. And I think also to know that we're not alone and we're not the only one out there asking the question. And so if I know that I've got a, you know, a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, and I can have this conversation or I can, you know, listen to us every Saturday, you know, and, and find out what other people are talking about, then in fact, we can too, um, walk together, hand in hand. Brilliant point. This is about the church of Jesus Christ, and we are his church. And scripture tells us two are better than one. And it tells us that when we come together, God is present there. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I. So speaking of the church, I want to say something really disturbing. I read it this week. Mike just turned around. I guess he thought I was going to say something that you can't say on the radio. Mike, our fabulous producer. I wouldn't do that. So I read an article this week and it said this. It was actually the title, uh, the words below the title. I don't know what you call that, but it said, if abortion, infanticide, violence in our streets, 
election rigging, and the evils of Marxism aren't enough to rouse some churches, for what purpose do they exist? And the author, Larry Alex Taunton, went on to talk about the emasculation of Christian men in the Western world and the failure of the church to push back against popular culture. And he quoted Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, when he described popular culture as that which calls evil good and good evil. And we and, talk a little bit about that on this show. Wow. How uh, amazing is that? And you might wonder about his point. If churches aren't willing to the, uh, talk about that, for what purpose do they exist? And I so get that. Right. And uh, the, the reason why I think you might find it disturbing is I liken it to sending a, a Marine into combat without training. So somebody comes to church, they're at a place in their lives where they've been called and they're ready to accept Jesus and they accept Jesus, but then there's no training. And the very second they accept Jesus, the devil is now focused on them where before he may not have been. And now this guy has a target on his back, but he doesn't have any training. Right. And you would never do that to a Marine. You would never fail to prepare them for the combat that you know is coming. And we know combat is coming for Jesus's people. And so if the church isn't preparing people to meet the foe that they will experience in the form of all of these um, upsetting secular uh, events, manipulations, then you're kind of dropping the guy off in a combat zone with no preparation. You feel alone, just like we were talking about earlier, the person who's trying to speak, you know, share their faith and they feel alone. They're not trained. They don't know how to do it. So it's, and then, it and like then the they feel thing. like they're failing and then add that to all the other things that the world can play on. And I got to imagine, then they're like, then why try? And that's yeah. kind of where we're at. So honestly, it's the failure of the church to push back against popular culture that caused me to name this show Courageous Christianity, which I realize can be confusing because Christianity, as I said in the intro, is courageous. But if we've walked away from real Christianity and uh, it's now about the prosperity gospel, which we hear so often taught, and attempts to make friends with the world. Even the church is trying to make friends with the world in all of this, this area. Well, Scripture says, do not be conformed to the world. We're supposed to change the world. The world isn't supposed to change us. We're not supposed to make friends with the world. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. I will put a man against his father, uh, a woman against her mother, a daughter against a uh, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What he was saying is our faith is supposed to put us to a decision. Right. And it's a life and death decision. Well, and I think when I heard courageous Christianity, I didn't take it that, you know, okay, it's supposed to be that way. Okay. Yeah, maybe it is, but it was an empowering kind of a wake up call to me is now in with partners in this walk, I feel stronger and I feel more courageous as keeping our minds focused on what we're talking about here on this show. Um, and I feel like I can do it better in a community. And that's, after all, I think what we want even with this show, building a community. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. Interestingly, it was when I came back from one of my last deployments to Afghanistan that I was sitting there in my quiet time with my Bible praying 
in 2015, early 2015, when God really started making clear the uh, insurgency that's in the world and how it's an extension of the devil's insurgency against God. And remember, we've talked insurgency is an attempt to overthrow the established regime. So here we have this nation under God, and our Constitution comes from the Bible. And there are so many instances throughout our history where God smiled on us and saved us from Washington crossing the Delaware to um, World War II, where we won the battle in the Pacific because we located the Japanese fleet after Pearl Harbor. Just such miraculous things. And you have to ask, why have we been so blessed? So we are a nation under God. There is a cohesive movement to overthrow that nation, and we've talked about it at length. It's an insurgency, and we are the counterinsurgents. And so it was back in 2015 when I started writing my devotional, which is about this insurgency and the way insurgency and counterinsurgency work and how Jesus was the original counterinsurgent and how we can take steps as Christians. And there's so much about Christianity that becomes more clear when you look at it through the lens of counterinsurgency. But I just wanted to read you something. It's from my prayer journal. And so my book was published in uh, February or March of 2018. And in my prayer journal from February 10th of 2018, I write, Father, please be with me in all things. Help me to accomplish your work as you have assigned it to me. Help me to spread the word of courageous Christianity. So, friends, this has been on my heart, and uh, we're excited to be here with you talking about it. And you're not alone. We're all in this together. And when we come back, we're going to get into your questions and some deeper thoughts about courageous Christianity. Come on back and join us. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mindelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, we are talking this morning about courageous Christianity. Christianity. (laughs) And in the last segment, we talked about the church and we asked, is the church doing what it's supposed to do? Is it the church that Jesus envisioned? Are we walking in faith as we should? 
Or are we on our back foot? And that's an expression I use a lot. We're on our back foot. And a warrior cannot be on his back foot because then his opponent is choosing his behavior. I've heard that statement from you quite a bit, and I've understood it more and more. And it really is. It's it, We were talking about empowerment in the first segment, and it's it's not about empowerment there. It's really, it's it's reactive. Yeah, you're giving your opportunity, your power away to the world, little by little. Right. I think there's a way, though, though through what we're talking about, it's it's empowered me more to share my faith more as we think and talk about what a courageous Christian is. Yeah, the more you give, the more you get back. And the world wants to tell you that that's not the case, but it is the case. And when I uh, think about courageous Christianity, I have a vision, and I imagine a border between two countries. And one country is filled with kindness and goodness and charity and patience and self-sacrifice, and there's joy and peace there. And that country's called light. And you obviously know where I'm going with this, but the country immediately across the border is called darkness. And darkness is a place of pain. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 describes such a place as this, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And he was talking about end times when he said that. But imagine as a Christian, you're standing on this border and you will come in contact with people from the country of darkness. And they will be searching for some uh, something, and they will be walking toward the light, but they won't know how, and they'll need a guide. And by the same token, as you stand there on the border, you'll be subjected to the broadcast from the darkness and the attacks from the darkness and the radio and the TV and their need to put every manner of social dysfunction into every commercial so that they keep you on your back foot. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that that vision that you have, I think, can help a lot of people. That What it brought to mind for me is that the darkness is the hum, our human self, uh, our flesh, um, and the light is choosing to walk with Christ. And, and the, those um, fruits of the Spirit come to mind. And again, going back to what we talked about in the first segment, it's kind of or earlier uh, is the um, is that choice of kind of responding empowerment versus reaction. Yeah, it's a good point that you make because we said in the first segment that Christians are not pushing back on popular culture. And the first place to push back on popular culture is in your own life. Yeah. It's in your personal walk. It's when you turn off the TV and when you say, I'm not watching this movie, it's just about sex and swearing. And it's when you say, no, I'm not going to uh, support this this NFL nonsense. And I'm putting my foot down and I'm pressing off on the remote control and I'm reading my Bible. It's in all of those places. And it reminds me of that uh, story about the uh, uh, it's generally told as an elderly American Indian, a grandfather is talking to his grandson, and he says, 
in every man there are two wolves. Mm. One is kind That's and in your charitable. Devotional. It is in my devotional. It says one is kind and charitable and gracious and merciful, and the other is angry and entitled and all of these negative words. And the grandson says, well, who wins the battle between the two wolves? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. Mm. And so first and foremost, as we stand there on that border, making choices every day that will determine not just our immediate surroundings, but have a lasting effect on uh, even more distant locations that we can't possibly see because we don't know God's will. We have to first make that choice to feed the correct wolf. You know, it's interesting. This is speaking of questions that listeners have. Uh, that's one that's kind of been on my mind is, again, how in this secular world do I continue in this new year to walk as a courageous Christian? And when the world is feeling so uh uh, full of conflict and, you know, just scary things that are happening. I always come back to, for me, being not a a Marine like you, uh, but for me, being the one, the little things that I do, they may not seem little, but in fact, walking every day, making those choices step by step by step, that's what I can bring. That's how I can be a courageous Christian. And I'm thinking out there that other people are wondering the same thing. And and then um, they may think, like I've thought, oh, maybe it doesn't make a difference. But every little step is what I, I'm hearing you say really makes a difference. And we come back to that topic and that message a lot. But that's the only way that I feel I can be courageous because I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a Marine. I'm not a Marine. Uh, but I'm, I can be courageous in my walk as a Christian and strong by the little things I do and the choices I make every day for Christ. And they add up and they're little meals that you serve that, that self. And if you say, I've got two people inside me, I've got the one who's worldly, selfish, and all about ego, and I've got the other one who's godly, self-sacrificing, charitable, and is a Christian warrior— and we say, how do I feed those those different wolves? And the Christian warrior, that that person gets fed with scripture. That person gets fed with positive self-talk where they feel empowered. And you you set high expectations. And you say to that person, let's get up every morning before the house wakes up so that I can have quiet time with, with God and and be shaped correctly so that I'm not on my back foot when the sun comes up. And then as regards the selfish, ego-driven person, you can be honest and you can catch yourself and you can say... We're human. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. Right. Uh, nope, whether it's I'm not watching that on TV or whether it's that's selfish, or whether it's, hey, you know what? If I take myself out of the equation here, I've got nothing to lose. I can just speak about faith, and if the person doesn't like it, they can walk away. Right. And um, you're going to love this, but Pastor Rick Warren... No. Yes, Christy's <laughs> favorite, said something. Uh, Christy and I are both doing his devotional, Open Doors, and I highly recommend it. If you don't have a devotional yet for 2021, he's just so real. And on January 6th, he was talking about how to overcome fear because those two wolves, 
the one that's for God, the Christian warrior, and the other one that's of the world, the biggest driver is fear. Yeah. And Pastor uh, Warren says there are several ways you can overcome fear. Fill your life with the truth. Fill your life with love. Fill your life with faith. And I think it's so uh, worth noting because we said a couple weeks ago that you can't not think about something, True. but you can replace those thoughts with something else. Absolutely. And so I think it's fear that keeps us from standing toe to toe with the world and saying, not today, not here, not with me, not now. Right. And if you try and fight the fight the whole year, the whole month, the whole week, it becomes very hard, and it's as though you're standing against a tidal wave. But if it's just today, and if it's just here, in this opportunity, things become much more manageable. I think that's also a reason um, to study and read the Bible, but also memorize Scripture. And and there was just one that was on my heart today, which was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding in all ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And I think putting those, writing those on your heart, when that fear comes about, and that one may not speak to fear right now, but that's for me, you know, listening to what the Holy Spirit gives you with regards to, to um, uh, scripture and putting those, writing that on your Absolutely. heart and having that to go to when you are afraid. So very important. So we're saying that this show is called Courageous Christianity because Christianity, the way it's out there today, is on its back foot. Churches are making friends with the world. Nobody wants to say anything hard. Nobody wants to put anybody to a decision despite the fact that Jesus said, do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I, I bring a sword to cause us to have to make choices that he knows our life or death. And so what we're saying is encourages Christianity that resolve for the watchman who is standing on the wall as explained to us in Ezekiel, where we have the responsibility as we stand there on the border to give warning and to speak God's truth. Because if somebody goes off the road and we didn't tell them it's our fault. But if we tell them and they go off the road and they end up in a muddy ditch, well, then it's on them. And we acquitted ourselves as we should as Christians, because we have been given much and we owe for that much. So we're talking about that. And we're talking about the fact that as we stand there on that border within each of us, there's a worldly person and there's uh, a spiritual person. And on a daily basis, we make decisions about which of those two people we're going to encourage. And we said that they're wolves from the uh, parable. And we're going to decide one meal at a time, one choice at a time, which wolf we feed. The wolf that is courageous and charitable and merciful and faithful and loving, or the wolf that is selfish and all those other bad words that uh, that we heard earlier. So come on back. Uh, we're going to get a little further into this in segment three as we talk about our intersection of faith and the world. Here's this week's So What Are We Reading? 
We here at Courageous Christianity believe that a part of what helps us in our walk as Courageous Christians is reading. And so we thought we'd take a moment during each show to share what we are reading and how it's helping us in the hope that it will help you. First and foremost, we are always reading the Bible, and we truly encourage you to always start there. We also started a new devotional for the new year. It's called Open Doors by one of my favorites, Pastor Rick Warren, and it's a great way to read about God's Word during your quiet time. You can find it at PastorRick.com. I'm reading Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich, and if you haven't read it yet, I encourage you to read it right away. It provides biblically-based counsel about relationships. You can find out more about this book at loveandrespect.com. In addition to the Bible and the devotional about which Christy spoke, I'm reading William Barclay's commentary on the book of Romans. William Barclay writes my favorite Bible commentary, so filled with heart and understanding. I'm also reading Eric Metaxas' book called Bonhoeffer. It's about a famous pastor in Germany during Hitler's rise to power and into the madness of World War II. As we wonder about how to confront the evil of these days, I think Bonhoeffer gives a good account of what real Christianity looks like. And who doesn't love Eric Metaxas? If you want to share your thoughts about these books or about the books you are reading, let us know at our Facebook page by searching at Courageous Christianity or find us on Instagram at Courageous Christianity. To find out more about Courageous Christianity, go to CourageousChristianity.today. And always, if you want to reach us personally, you can email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Our beloved A.W. Tozer says, The things you read will fashion you, slowly conditioning your mind. We pray that in this next week, you will be reading the things that will condition your mind as a courageous Christian warrior. Friends, welcome back. We are talking on Courageous Christianity today about Courageous Christianity, and it doesn't get any better than that. It's an appropriate place to be. And we define Courageous Christianity as the intersection of our faith and the world, and we accept that it's a place of conflict. And I contend that when we stop wishing that it was the Garden of Eden and accept the fact that it's a battlefield, things will actually get easier. I think what makes it a place of suffering is our desire for it to be something it is not. Sounds a little familiar. It's very familiar, (laughs) and you can speak to that, I think, in terms of us not accepting reality. Yeah, I I think first speaking to that reality is um, when we have expectations for something to be a certain way, and then it is not that certain way, what we think it should be, so to speak, uh, then we're kind of setting ourselves up when, when we're, we're putting ourselves into a place of um, when it doesn't show up how we thought it should be, then we so-called suffer. Um, what did some of the experts say? And with regards to that, then when we can really begin to see the reality. And so I'm going to lead myself to this battlefield concept because uh, before we started the show, I really didn't understand that. And now that I have a new perspective, so to kind of tie it all up is when we, these expectations are also perceptions, um, how we perceive the world. And as it turns out, we can um, kind of clarify in the mind. We can look and change our perspectives And you changed my perspective with regards to this battlefield. And lo and behold, when you shared that with me, I had a new awareness. 
and now I understand Christianity and our call as courageous Christians a lot of a lot better. I don't know if that makes sense. I know that yeah, was a little bit roundy, roundy, but no, it makes <laughs> it makes total sense. All you have to do is turn on the TV and watch commercials because commercials are what is being pushed on you. Right. And popular culture is going to push things on you during these commercials on TV when you watch football on Sunday. It's relentless. They are insistent. And the question you should ask each time you see a commercial is, what are these people trying to jam down my throat? Right. And then what you will realize first is they're always trying to jam something down my throat, and it never has anything to do with God. So the intersection of our faith and the world is a place of conflict. And when you were talking, you said something uh, so important, one single word. You said should. Mm. And I can't stand that word. Yeah, I don't like it either. a lot of times people fail to see what's right in front of them because they say it should be something else. Right. So uh, doctors should care for people and they take a, an oath. Then why do doctors do abortions? Right. That should not happen. Well, it is happening. It is happening. Here's another one. Why is the egg of a bald eagle protected by law and massive criminal penalties? Because it will one day be a bald eagle and an unborn human baby is not protected the same way, though it will one day be a human. Yeah. That should not happen. Well, it is happening. It is happening. That's the reality. And so if you hear in my voice, uh, I get excited about this because, look, don't complain about what the enemy's doing. Don't say the Taliban shouldn't uh, blow people up and they shouldn't uh, burn down schools. Well, they are. So what are we going to do about it? Exactly. So now what are we going to do about it? And so, Christians, what I'm saying is, what are we going to do about it? It's happening. It's all around you. At what point are we going to get annoyed enough to confront the fear that we may feel by turning to the Word of God and being loving and praying and then standing firm in our faith on that border between light and darkness and saying, no, not this meal, not here, not now. I, I, thinking back to those questions that we referenced, I, I got to imagine people are going, but how? Uh, uh, well, I'll give you a great example. One of the questions recently asked of me was, how do I speak about faith? I don't know the Bible as well as I would like, and I'm afraid of saying something incorrect. And I admire that, because what we say must come from the Bible. But here would be my answer to that. If you can't speak immediately with the recall of Scripture to a specific point, then what you can always say is, what does Scripture say? Let's look together. Mm, And if the person is, uh, it's in a restaurant, let's say, you're checking out somewhere, something comes up. If you're like me, you have conversations with everybody. Then maybe you're not going to talk about Scripture, but maybe you'll talk about what God has done in your life. Maybe you will talk about your testimony about Jesus. And there's no mistake about that. That's huge. We can always testify, and as a matter of fact, that is the best thing that we can do. Because when we say, I was lonely, I was confused, I was sad all the time, I was frustrated, I didn't feel loved, 
And then I came to know Jesus and I came to know his purpose for my life. And now when I wake up in the morning, I, I feel content and I feel animated and motivated and a lot of other aided words. <laughs> it's amazing. I, you brought me back to when I first uh, turned my life over to Christ and I, it was really at one of my lowest points and I just did maybe what people do, but I was like, okay, I'm broken. I can't do this on my own anymore. And I remember that was when I began to start listening to Christian music. I switched my radio station, and um, I'm sure it was 100.7 FM. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I don't know if that station was around then. I'm not that young. It's okay. But <laughs> So there's no magic to it, because at the very least, share your heart. Yeah. So you're standing on that border. You're on your front foot. You're looking for opportunities to step forward in faith. Here comes somebody who looks lost, who's uh, upset, and you look them in the eye with genuine compassion and you say, are you okay? And they'll tell you because people will share their hearts with you and then you will have an opportunity. And it's not magic. You don't have to be a teacher. You just have to be a Christian who's willing to talk about their faith. I think to bring that story full circle for me, that was... Um, 1998, so ways back. Right. Uh, today and throughout, I can recall people saying, you seem so different. Like, what's different about you? And that's my opportunity right then and there is to say, it's my faith. I wouldn't be anywhere without my faith. And, and so people have learned that about me as I came to know Christ over these many years. And I'm absolutely grateful. So it's the fruits of the spirit, like what's coming from it. So you can speak your testimony, but also your actions show your testimony. That's your very best testimony. Um, I talked earlier about the article written by Mr. Taunton, which said that uh, the church isn't acting as it should and that it's being conformed to the world. And in that same article, he quoted C.S. Lewis when C.S. Lewis described Christianity as a fighting religion. Mm. So think about that. The idea is not that we get kicked around by the world, that we're left, uh, we're what's left when the world is done with us, as we meekly on our back foot try to have our faith, but not in a way that it inconveniences people or upsets people. And then here's your employer telling you, you got to wear this button, but you can't wear this button and you can't yeah. do this, but you can say this, but you can't say this. And, and you're saying, you know what? My First Amendment right to freedom of religion and free speech says I can speak about my testimony, how this is for me, and that's a place to start. Um, Mr. Taunton went on in this uh, article to say, too many Christians today are risk-averse. They prefer the safety of the Family Life Center to engaging the culture in any way that might cost them something. And what's the worst thing that it costs you? Somebody rolls their eyes. Oh, here comes Richard again. He's going to talk about Jesus. Well, you know the beautiful thing about that, and you've heard me say this. I don't think Christy likes this expression, but in the Marine Corps, we call it a self-licking ice cream cone. Guess what? If I'm in a crowd and I start talking about Jesus and most people leave, but one or two are there, then the people that left aren't my people anyway. 
Right. And it's not their time and it's not my time with them and they'll go away. And Jesus gives us guidance in Matthew chapter 10 when he says, shake the dust off your feet. But the two people that remained are my people and I'm going to share my heart with them. And we've said before that until people ask the question, they're not ready to hear the answer. So those people who stayed are ready to hear the answer. And then it's by testimony and my experience and just sharing the love of Jesus. And by the way, it's kind of like when Moses said to God that he wasn't uh, able to go talk to Pharaoh. He wasn't the right guy. And God says, I'll prepare you when the time comes. Right. And Jesus said the same thing. The Holy Spirit will give us the words as appropriate when we are testifying. He is always with us. He is always with us. And it's a brilliant opportunity that we have. So as we talk about courageous Christianity, uh, leaning forward in our faith, standing firm against a world that is so lost and in so much pain and so medicated and so unhealthy and so angry and so divided that what do you got to lose? Right. And so you stand firm in your faith and you speak the word of God. And the more you, you read your Bible, the more you'll know it. And the more you know it, the more you'll understand, because keep in mind, Words are information until you learn how to apply them, and then they become knowledge. And so first we seek to know the words, and then we seek understanding, and then we act on that understanding. And that's the way it works, and we talk about it in our own lives at all these amazing opportunities, and we lean forward in love. And by the way, if it's not for them, they'll walk away. But Their right to be them doesn't supersede your right to be you. And we're going to talk about that here shortly when we come back. Please stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's just on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us to apply as there are some requirements. Please call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, we're back with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Courageous Christianity, where we're talking about Courageous Christianity. And my wingman's name is Christy. So. Well, hey. It and we're all... talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love, well, I like talking about the first and the third. Uh, Not myself. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, we're in our first hour show and talking about the brilliant opportunity that we have as Christians to step forward in faith. And how we may not be doing that because we have allowed the world to put us on our back foot. And we've talked uh, about a lot of things to include what we feed our minds with, what we feed the Christian warrior inside us with, 
whether or not we allow the, the darkness, the self, the ego inside us to be fed. Uh, kind of like you are what you eat. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. Yeah. Um, and I told the story about the yeah. American Indian grandfather who right. said inside every person there are two wolves. And right. uh, the one is good and the other is evil. And the grandson says, uh, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. And we have a lot of opportunities to not only feed the good wolf, but to deny food to the bad wolf. And so we're talking about standing on the border at the intersection of our faith and the secular world. Behind us is the kingdom of light. In front of us is the kingdom of darkness. And we're looking for people to come out of the darkness toward the light, and then we want to be able to guide them further on their journey. And we said that although a lot of people worry about how do I speak about faith, and they worry about knowing the right scripture and stuff, the most important thing to do is to just share your heart and to share your Christian journey and your testimony. Share the light that comes from that. And uh, the light and the love and uh, there's another thing about faith, and the Bible says this. The more you have, the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And the stronger it gets, the more you'll be able to just feel the right thing to say and know where people are. And we're all going to sound different in our testimony. So I might speak from a military perspective because my corner of the battlefield, this battlefield that is an intersection, is to talk to people about the military perspective. Yeah. And another person's corner of the battlefield might be to share with moms who are trying to figure out how to raise good Christian children. Uh, wherever your corner is, it's just about letting your heart shine. Yeah, absolutely. My corner is with people going through divorce. And, you know, hopefully they don't have to go through divorce. That's not what we want for them. But if that does touch their life, then uh, myself as a divorce coach and the divorce coaching hour here on this same stage station too, I'm doing that and uh, hopefully courageously walking on the battlefield with people through that very challenging time. And yeah. there's a lot of other people that are doing things in career changes and whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's a very brave thing to do. Uh, it's not a corner of the battlefield that many people understand. Um but I think that's courageous of you. And it does highlight Ephesians chapter four, which talks about all of us and our different opportunities and the way God impeccably gifts us and causes us to have experiences. I've said before that it's kind of like this amazing computer maker makes a computer and then he loads it with software. And when he turns it on, do you think he's surprised at how it works? <laughs> well, God has made us and we are his, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made computer, so to speak, and he loads us with the software of his scripture and the Bible and our experiences. And then when we are called to, testi uh, to testify for Jesus and to lead people, we, we will come on, we will uh, do our jobs, we will find our place and fulfill his purpose for us. And so the questions that we often get from listeners in this area are, how do I speak about God? How can a true Christian learn to operate better in our world today? How can we be discerning about which battles to fight? How can I be courageous in the workplace? How can I connect with other Christians? What if I don't consider myself courageous? And these are all brilliant questions and very real questions, and we're going to have guests on our show over the next 
couple of months who are going to help us to address these. Well, friends, as you know, we always have a moment of truth in uh, every show, and we do this to have a look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge and that it's always relevant and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 and 9, and it's very powerful as you think about the Christian warrior standing on the border. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Friends, as Christians, we are watchmen for the forgiveness of our sins and in the love of God and our fellow man, we have the tremendous responsibility to stand and to speak boldly. We stand with our behavior. We speak God's truth. And when we're not sure of the right scripture or the perfect words, we simply speak honestly and openly about what Jesus has done for us in our lives. Our living testimony through words and actions is the best explanation of our faith, but we must stand firm. And that brings us to our quote of the day. For our quote of the day, I have two quotes, and neither can be attributed to a particular individual, but both are worth repeating. First, in talking about the love of Christ, I have heard it said that I am simply a beggar trying to tell another beggar where to find bread. Those without Jesus are hungry, and it would be cruel for those of us who know him to not share that knowledge. I've also heard it said with regard to speaking about the love of Jesus, preach 24 hours a day, use words if necessary. And I love this quote. It speaks to two important things. First, you, your behavior, your actions, and your treatment of others are the best testimony of the power of Jesus to change lives. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, who you are matters. And when you add to that words of truth and encouragement, yours is a powerful testimony. So friends, we're spiritual beings living in a physical world. Every day when we wake up, we stand at the edge of the kingdom of light. And it's a complex place where we will be bombarded with things of darkness and even drawn from within toward the appetites of our flesh and the desires of self, which lead to darkness. Still, we must stand. We are the church on a foundation of faith and the knowledge of God's word. We must live good lives, build strong families, raise strong children, work, vote, pay taxes, be good stewards of our money, and speak boldly. Though we are attacked by people who are threatened by our message of truth, faith, hope, and love, still we must stand. Though people will not like the mirror into which our belief forces them to look, still we must stand. Though the evidence of their failed self-reliance and self-righteousness is all around them, though they suffer in their thinking, they will persist in the madness of that which is created pretending to be the Creator. And they will vilify anyone who proposes or presents truth which confronts that madness. Still, we must stand. Our duty is to know God's word, to understand, and to act. And that is courageous Christianity. Christy, any final thoughts? Just courageous Christianity, we're we're walking with them. 
We're walking with our brothers and sisters in Christ on this battlefield. We're walking with you. Feed your Christian warrior scripture, the Bible, God's word, prayer, worship. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, or on KKHT.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. And in celebration of our first one-hour show, the Casting Crowns are going to play us out with their incredibly relevant song, Courageous. God bless and simplify. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. But now we're watchers on the sidelines while our families slip away. Courageous, and we're taking back the fight. We will make it be.